0: Happy Friday, everyone. It's the second Friday of the month. You know, it's Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, and I'm here preaching the good news. It's awesome. Um, Hope you've had a great Friday. I have. I've been super busy today. I was out on the property doing a bunch of work, and uh, um, yeah, Friday the 13th, work day, and uh, I I was so tired that I was trying to comb my hair, and you can even see my hands are shaking a little bit couldn't hold the comb in my hair and it kept on falling out of my hand on my hand is like just dropping 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 because i I did so much work today um but fine i'm here i want to shout out to my uh my buddy drew sharer who got me this cool corbin gear corbin baseball corbin baseball nice nice i got a free sweatshirt i always like free free uh merchandise that's awesome stuff um tonight i want to talk about uh, Genesis 3, Genesis 3. If you know anything about scripture, you know that's the uh, fall. That's where Adam and Eve sin and uh, they eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and, you know, all that stuff. There's a new learning I got out of that. Uh, really interesting. I, I was, I'm actually in the middle of some continuing education from the American Association of Christian Counselors. And I saw this this uh, teaching on it, and I thought, wow, that's that's pretty powerful. And I wanted to share it with you tonight with my own insights, if that's okay. Uh, you may see puppies in the background tonight. Lisa is coming back from Boston. She's been there for a few days, and I've been on my own unsupervised. Oh my goodness! Uh, but I can't close the door because the puppies will bark, and so they may be interactive with us tonight. So I hope not, but you never know. Um, so let me let me jump right in here. I got some notes I want to read. I want to I want to go right into to uh this genesis 3 i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about a specific part i got switch glasses there we go and, and by the way i just figured this out I, I, i've always noticed that i, I my uh, face looks really pale and bright when i'm when i'm when i'm doing these things i could never figure out why because i'm a dummy and then i realized i got a 32 inch uh one of those rounded screens here and it reflects light back on me everything's white except the uh Except the video part, and that's why I always look like I, um, like my face is just uh, uh, dead, uh, pale. So that 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 was a mystery solved, so that was a good one. I'm going to go to Genesis 3, got my Bible. Uh, I'm reading out of ESV, and I am uh, going to go to verse 8. Genesis 3, verse 8. Listen to this. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave me to be with, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Okay? So, uh, there we are. There we are. Everyone knows this story. I mean, this is this is a, a classic uh, story, and it gets preached all the time about uh, the three different kinds of sins. Sins of uh, uh, the flesh, sins of, of uh, um, pride of life, sins of flesh, sins, sins of... Uh, oh, my gosh, darn. I can't even remember tonight, because that's not what I'm preaching on. I didn't practice that. So... Um, Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. Those are the three. And usually you preach that out of that section. You know, uh, what did they do? However, this new learning was really, like I said, it was really impressive to me. So I want to share what I was talking about with these folks. Um, So, American Association of Christian Counselors is a counseling, obviously, association uh, for guys like me that do Christian counseling. And they said there are three questions basic questions for counseling that come out of that Genesis 3 account and uh, are these who are you who told you and what have you done and this is how they explain it I want to kind of go through this thing Um, who are you is a question as to who are you in relation to God right who told you is a question where is your authority coming from okay and the third one is what have you done the effect of authority, it's the accountability to whom you uh, are giving, uh, you say where your authority is coming from, and how you relate to God, okay? And so, you think, I've been chewing on that for a few days, and uh, uh, I, I find it really interesting, so I'm gonna go through these, almost like a three-point Baptist sermon, I'm gonna go through these three points, and and add whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to tonight. Um, so, who are you? It's a it's a great question. Um, who are you in relationship to God? Now, if you're if you've been in the church any amount of time, you know there are these that who you are in Christ thing. That you, you know you're loved and you're uh, you know it's a big long list. And everyone kind of says that. But I want to I want to talk about this from a a real uh, you know rubber meets the road. The rubber meets the road. A lot of people say. That you know they're a Christian. Who are my, who are you in relation to God? God is, uh, you know, I love the Lord. Jesus is my my Lord and Savior, and they, they, all the all the catchy Christian you know idioms and 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 catchphrases. They all use that the platitudes, right? But that's not really what's at being asked here. So God is walking through the cool of the garden. By the way, that's called a theopony when we see God doing things like in human form and i've always thought that the only god i know that walks through a garden is jesus how about that huh jesus right there in genesis 3. um and he calls out where are you now and that's not like god didn't know where they were and it's not like god didn't you know he was trying to trying to make a point here where are you where are you in your life i know you sinned i know you ate of the tree you're not supposed to right where are you and as a counselor, Christian counselors, that that's one of the great first questions. Where are you? You know you, you meet somebody right off the bat and you um, they say they want to talk with you about something and I don't care if you're just a friend or if you're uh, uh, in the counseling business or whatever you are. And one of the great questions is, where are you? Where's your head at? Where are you? Where are you, Where are you in relation to your world? Where are you in relation to um, your faith? Where are you in relation to you know the, the, your family? Where are you? Where's your head? And it is a very, very basic place to start, right? Because if you're seeing counseling, probably where you are is not so good, (laughs) and that's why you're seeing counseling. Could be marriage counseling, and marriage isn't so good. Could be personal counseling, something going on in your head. Uh, Could could be any number of things, right? And so, so we've we've got this question: Where are you? And Jesus is asking this in the garden: Where are you? Where are you? You just ate of the tree I told you not to eat from. where are you in your head? Where are you in relationship to me? Do you not want relationship with me? Do you not, you not respect me? Do you, do you, do you, not understand our relationship that we we have a covenant here, that, uh, you know I, I told you that you could you all all of this is your domain. This is all yours to run. Uh, where are you? Why why would you throw all that away? Where are you? So I want I want to ask you that question. You know, where are you? Where where are you in relationship to the Lord? Um. Are you, are you, are you sold out? Because Adam wasn't, Adam and Eve wasn't, you know, you see him blame Eve and Eve blames the snake and no one wants to take responsibility, which we'll get to the accountability piece. But it says more about their relationship with God, doesn't it? It says that when God told them not to eat of that tree, they thought that they could, you know, ignore that because they got a better offer from a snake where are you? Are you in a place where you get better offers than what God has for you and what God has said His relationship with you is? I mean, like I've been preaching on this past past. Um, I mean, weeks I've been preaching on various topics. One was uh, uh, discerning the spirits. One was demonology. One was uh, talking about the love of this world and all this other stuff. And it all it all circles around the same thing because the the question that God asks us is very very basic: Are you with me or you against me? Jesus said that. It's black and white. You're either with me or you're against me. Which one is it? Just pick one. I don't care. And and you get to the uh, Revelation chapters 2 and 3, and they're talking about the seven churches. And they get to the church of Laodicea. And the church of Laodicea, uh, Jesus says, you're neither hot nor cold, and I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. I mean, he's so disgusted by that. Either pick, you know, be cold, be hot. I don't care. Just pick one. Right? Where are you? This, This was Adam and Eve's problem. Actually, they picked the wrong thing, but God was asking them hey where are you in this relationship you you I created you and we have had you know this great relationship and the only the only thing I said was one thing just don't eat that that one tree everything else is yours your domain everything and you don't respect me enough you don't like me enough you don't love me enough I'm not enough I'm not enough and that puts another thought in my head uh, you get all these other faiths uh, that that claim to be Christian or uh, later revelation, you know, the Mormons have their Book of Mormon That's later revelation. The JWs have their thing. The Jehovah witnesses, the Islam has its thing that came thousands of years after Christ. And it's like, was Jesus not enough? What he did on the cross wasn't enough. You you need more, right? Um, and that's one of the complaints that, that the Orthodox Christians and, and evangelicals like me, we have against folks that come up with extra stuff because what you're saying is. What Jesus did wasn't enough. You need more revelation. Somebody has to tell you more. And I don't believe that. I believe that Jesus is enough, and that's the question he was asking Adam in the garden. Where are you? Where are you? I thought I thought we were good. Um, am I not enough? Did Did you think you needed to eat a tree and be wise like God? And you know that that's a great question. So we let let's talk about life. I mean, life is um, all sorts of distractions, all sorts of things that make us want to say that God is not enough. And I was preaching about this the other night. I've been doing a lot of preaching lately. And it was like um, I've known people that that have been drug addicts. And in my counseling with them, uh, I tell them that until you love Jesus more than you love your habit. And it can be alcohol. It can be heroin. It could be, you know, whatever it is. I, I know guys that, you know, I only smoke dope to sleep at night every night for the past 15 years Um, you love it more than you love Jesus you love it more than you love this now think about this remember David said that uh, he loves the Lord's statutes that's what we're supposed to do I mean we're supposed to love the Lord we love his word we love what it tells us we love uh, even when we don't do it perfectly which we none of us do even when we struggle with following the word we love it we love it and that's one of the first pieces of this relationship you know we are indwelt by the holy spirit we're born again we're new new creations in christ we're born of the spirit all this great stuff happens to us and we're changed and we love this stuff but there are things in life we love more than this and uh and i want to make sure I, i sparse this a little bit i'm not talking about um you, you have you have things that come along with mental health sometimes that that are not necessarily controllable. They're manageable, but you can't really, you know, it takes like a Holy Spirit healing to get through it. You think about Paul had a thorn in his side, a messenger from Satan. He pleads with God to get rid of it three times, and God says, my grace is sufficient. He had to suffer with it. I'm not talking about that stuff. What I'm talking about is willfully choosing to do something um that will make God question, you know, where are you? Where are you? And so I think about uh, Christians I, yeah I'm gonna get I don't know, we'll probably get in trouble tonight, but okay. I think about Christian churches that embrace the culture. And you can pick whatever part of the culture you like. And scripture says you gotta hate the world and everything in it and love of the world's enemy toward God. You're not supposed to love the culture. The culture is fallen. The culture is um, basically created by Satan, who's the prince of this world. The culture is is driven by unbelievers, and it's always been that way, right? Uh, think about think about Paul in his missionary journeys. He was going to uh, all of the Greek city states. Well, the Greeks were godless heathens, you know, had polytheism and were just full of debauchery. The Romans were worse, right? <laughs> and so we don't embrace the culture a matter of fact when Israel was set up It was it was sanctified it was set apart. It was supposed to be different than the other nations everything from circumcision to the, the laws about uh, monotheanism one God uh, Everything about them was different than everybody else. They're supposed to separate themselves and and be sanctified as a holy people Right and and that's what we're supposed to do as a church But we all have those things that we love more than god and and you know thank 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 you jesus that you 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 paid a price for us that we can be reconciled to god and that we're seen as not guilty and we're seen as holy and righteous in his eyes because in ourselves every one of us has something that we love more than god probably more than one thing some some people it's pride you know they they uh uh, and I'm going to talk just about Christians. I'm not going to talk about non-Christians. Uh, I'm going to talk about Christians who um, have, they love their pride. They love the, the, the issues of pride more than they love God. They won't humble themselves, so to speak. Um, and, and you see it. You see it with pastors. You see it with, with lay leaders. You see it You see it in the congregation. They love that more than they love God. And what, what are we talking about pride-wise? Well, we're talking about uh, their reputation. We're talking about any time they always take offense, right? Anybody takes offense at stuff. That's a pride issue. Anytime you're like, "Oh, I'm so offended," uh, that's a pride issue, and you're supposed to leave that at the door, right? Well, some people love their pride because it gives them self-esteem or whatever it does for them. Uh, They love that more than they love God. Some people love relationship more than they love God. And what I mean by that, well, there is a hole in all of us for relationship and god created that hole you know it's not good for man to be alone so we are supposed to be in relationship that's the whole thing love god love each other that's the relationship and sometimes our relationship hole it hurts so bad that we will do things um that god says not to do because we love the idea or the um the um i'll just say perks of a relationship more than we love god and Yeah, I'm talking about sex. Yeah, I'm talking about being unequally yoked being with someone who's not a Christian. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, Well women are especially uh, vulnerable to this uh, Compromising your values in a lot of different ways your self-worth your, your all those things for a relationship You'll be you'll be in an abusive relationship rather than give up the relationship even though that's not what God has for you Because you love the relationship and you think you have a need for it more than you have a need for God So there's that. Uh, We've already talked about addictions. Uh, You know, it's really funny with addictions. Everyone says, well, it's an illness. Well, yeah, some addictions are. You can have a a compulsive uh, personality disorder. Uh, uh, You could be predisposed to uh, drug and alcohol uh, addictions. You can have, uh, you know, all sorts of that are truly medical things. But there are people out there that uh, the first time they smoked dope or did cocaine or shot up heroin, they weren't addicts right they were there were people that felt that they had the right to do that to themselves and and even though God says don't drink unto drunkenness and you expand that to all the other things that are out there now they love that stuff they love the uh, the feeling of it more than they love God and I'll raise my hand I, I was there at one point I loved alcohol more than I love God I love to experiment with uh, stuff and I love that more than I love God and that's my own fault I, I, I'm not well, I mean there's a p- addictive personality issues my family, but that's not why I did it. And so I'm, I'm not gonna make excuses for that. So you know this this first part, you, you ask yourself the question, where are you? God comes out, Where are you? Adam, Where are you? What do you love more than me? did you love the promise of being like me more than me did you love the the idea of of doing what your wife wanted you to do because you want to make her happy did you like that more than me did you uh what, what was it where was it and so I, I want you to ask i want to ask this in your life hard question what do you love more than god yeah what, what do you love more than god because there's there's something we all have it come on uh we're told by jesus not to judge for example right we love judging told by Jesus not to gossip oh we love to gossip uh, we're told by Jesus uh, that that to humble ourselves the last will be first the first will be last we don't want to be the last that's not our culture that's not what we do many 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 Christians love the comforts of the culture more than they love God see Christians at least an American Christian America Christians we don't know what it's like to suffer and we certainly don't want to do it. We're Americans. We don't. We don't suffer. Um, we're not persecuted. We we, th- we think that if he, if if the government tells us we have to wear a mask in church somehow or another, we're being we're being crucified, and, and you, know, you know we're just like Jesus, not even close, not even close. And that's a pride thing. Um, so you got to ask yourself that really hard question. And well, and we'll and we'll to use uh was that girl's name? Jen Sackey from the White House. We'll circle we'll circle back to that. I saw a great meme today. They said she's leaving the White House and they're still waiting for her to circle back. Um, welcome to politics. So that's the first question. Where are you? That's the relationship to God. Second one. Who told you? Where is your authority coming from? So right, Jesus uh, says, where are you? And Adam says, I, I was naked. I hid myself. And, and he says, well, who told you you're naked? You don't even know that word yet. You, you, that's not even something that you're supposed to know. How do you know? Where's your authority coming from? This is a great one. Where's your authority coming from? Twitter? Is it coming from um, a pastor? Is it coming from uh, some kind of influencer? Is it coming from celebrities? Is it coming from uh, the media? Is it, where's your authority coming from? Look, look, this book again. This is this is our authority. This is our authority, period. And, and it's not the pastor. I, I, you, you know, this is, I always tell folks this. When I'm preaching and I'm using the Word of God, there's two things that that are really, really important to know. One, Paul commended the Barians because they didn't believe anything he said. They went back to the the scrolls to find out if he was telling the truth or not, right? They checked him. They were like, "Ah, we're not going to take your word for it. Nobody should take the pastor's word for anything. Now, that's like really offensive to pastors, unfortunately, but our example in the book is, yeah, check us. Make sure that what we're saying is biblical. Make sure what we're saying tracks with scripture, not your interpretation of scripture, with what scripture says. You know, the scripture is interesting because it, there are forty different authors over fifteen hundred years that have exactly the same consistency of message, which is unheard of in terms of writing. And then, and then, two, there's a ton of it that's written in just narrative. Everyone wants to say, well, that was this or that was this. most of the Bible's narrative. Yeah, there's Hebrew poetry and there's um, uh, proverbs and and literary things called, like, called parables and the, you know there's different metaphors and and similes and all these different things. But a lot of this is narrative. Somebody was reporting, this is what happened, and there's no judgment, right or wrong, on it. I mean, you read some horrible things about what the Jews did in the Old Testament, for example. Um, Lot's daughter sleeping with him getting him drunk and sleeping with him. It's like, oh my God, what, what, why God? Why are you putting this in the book? I'm just reporting it's narrative. And and this, if you're not studying how to read this, you know, what is narrative? What is a parable? What is a proverb? What is apocalyptic writing? What is this, All this stuff, right? All the imagery else. If you're not reading and learning how to interpret this, it's called hermeneutics. If you wanted to um, look it up, that that's how you learn to interpret this stuff. Um, Yeah, you're you're way off base because your authority is not this book It's what you think of this book, right? and so uh, I always bring this comment up from uh, I think it was Augustine who said that if you pick and choose the parts of the Bible you like and the ones you don't it's not the Bible You believe it's yourself If you pick and choose the parts you like and don't like well You don't believe the Bible you believe yourself because all you're doing is picking things that agree with you and that's, if that's your authority, then you're your authority. And we know in scripture it says, the waves of a man seem right in his eyes, but they lead to death. Lean not on your own understanding, cause you're an idiot. I think that's the message version. Um, we are supposed to rely on this word. So in this story with Adam and Eve, the second question is, where is your authority? You know, um, who told you? Well, the woman told me to eat and I did. And then the woman's like, no, the serpent deceived me. And, it's a lot of blame shifting because they knew, you know, they know that they knew they were supposed to do that. Eve even said it, we're, you know, we're not supposed to use that tree. And so they willfully, it wasn't, it wasn't, oh, I made a mistake, I was deceived, willfully disobeyed. And so Adam, where was his authority? His wife. Now, as a married man, I can tell you, listen to your wife, happy wife, happy life. But in this case, he wasn't the spiritual leader. The wife was wrong. And he was supposed to stand up and protect her from sinning that was his job as spiritual leader and he didn't do it because it says eve took a bite of the apple turned to her husband he had been standing there the whole time gave it to him and he ate and so where was his authority coming from not god you know not not god who said we have this covenant relationship you get to name all the animals. Everything in this place is yours. You are to tend it and work it and do all the stuff. I've given you Eden. Just don't eat of that dumb tree, all right? So his authority came from his wife, uh, another fallen human being. Where did her authority come from? Well, the serpent. Well, why didn't she listen to God? Her authority came from the serpent. Uh, he deceived me. I was listening to him. Who are you listening to now? This this is fascinating. It's coming of my mind. This I'm just I'm just kind of going with whatever's in my head right now. I'm in a kind of a. I'm not in a fight. I'm I'm in this wholly um, discontent place with with some of my conservative uh, brothers and sisters over a lot of issues, um, and most of them have to do with who their authority is coming from. I mean, I, I see people just just glomming on to the Tucker Carlson's and the Rand Pauls and um, and Laura Ingrams and and uh, all the other talking heads of the world. Um, That Their authority is really suspect. I just gotta be honest with you. You go Why why would you say that how how where are you getting how are you getting there? Uh, I was posting about Ukraine today cuz I'm kind of fired up about the whole Ukraine Russia stuff and There's a bunch of conservatives talking about well We should never give Ukraine 40 billion dollars blah 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 and I made the point that that between the two stimulus checks the government gave uh, citizens 391 billion dollars we're giving Ukraine a tenth of of that. Nothing. It's you know it's budget dust when you get into trillions of dollars of the of the budget. And you go, yeah. I told him. I said, yeah, great. If you don't want to do that, tell your kids they're going to get drafted to fight the next Europe, European land war because that's that's where we're heading. Because you don't understand democracy and evil versus good and all the different components of this stuff. Um, and not saying the Ukraine's perfect because they're not. But you can see the evil going on with a guy like Putin, right? And this is not a Christian issue; it's a political issue. But who is their authority? You know, you go, you're you're taking Tucker Carlson's word for that. Look it up, study it. it you know, don't just buy it. I remember when Rush Limbaugh was popular when he first came uh, on the air. I was in politics in the early '90s, and uh, for about ten years, and people would just like. Genuflect at whatever Rush Limbaugh said and no one got that Limbaugh was entertainment. He was less factual than he was entertaining uh, And he was polemic and he was just trying to pick fights and that, that that's and you could see how that sells right? Where's your authority coming from? Is it coming from those guys? I'm mean, and it's I'm not just picking on conservatives look at the people on the left that you the left listen to how many people are listening to the view? Oh, oh my lord, why would you why would you take any advice from that group? Who's your authority coming from? Well, my authority, my authority comes from here. I read this, and if I don't understand it, I study it see all the books behind me. I study. Uh, uh, I look for the Holy Spirit, obviously, to reveal to me. But this, this is how I live my life. That's my authority. And that should have been Adam and Eve's authority. God should have been their authority. You, God only need to say, don't do that. Don't do this thing. And that should have been good enough right don't do it it's good enough where's your authority coming from is it coming from a pastor who is let's just say on the spectrum on the left or right controlling uh, almost cult-like right or on the left uh, all things are permissible tolerance of the culture where's your authority coming from because certainly not if you're in those kind of churches it's certainly not scripture pastors don't abuse the sheep we don't control the sheep, you know. We guide them, and um, that's why scripture says, "In uh, what is it?" Psalm twenty-three: "Your your staff and rod comfort me." <laughs> You're not beating the sheep with a staff and the rod. On the other hand, uh, the sheep don't just get to run amok. They they it, it's it's you you have rules. They have to stay in line, and if one runs away, one's way, you go get them and bring them back. Right? There's there's some authority there. That's where your authority comes from. And so we, you've got the church and the church, oh, the church has been so horrible over the past. Well, since the beginning, once you get past like the, the Acts church and church became institutionalized, church was horrible. And I mean that with in terms of the implementation of it, it you know, there have been so many bad people in church abusing people one way or the other. Uh, Either abusing them through being authoritative, or abusing them by, you know, losing their way to heaven by being permissible of things that aren't permissible, because their their authority didn't come from the Bible; it came from a person. So that you got to ask yourself your question: is your is your pastor, is your church, is it biblical? That should be the number one thing. Not does it embrace the culture, right? We have a church next door to ours, and I love the folks there. I know people go there. But there I think they're a welcoming if not affirming church and it's great to be welcoming everyone can welcome whoever they want Uh, But you can't be affirming of things that God says are wrong And there are plenty of churches out there do that I think Francis Chan once said that you can find anywhere in America or anywhere in the world right now A PhD in theology will tell you anything you want to hear And that's frightening because every one of us that is uh, handling God's Word should be saying the exact same thing There should be no deviation but there's a huge swath of deviation. So the first thing I, I I bring up is 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 that issue, is test us. Don't don't just believe what we say. But the second thing is this. I think that um, my my experience, many 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 pastors don't handle this with fear and trembling, right? Scripture tells us that if you uh, are a preacher or a teacher, you're held to a higher account, and the reason you're held to a higher account is because you're handling God's word and you've got to handle it right there they're, you know think about think about Moses Moses doesn't get to see the promised land remember why there were there are two incidences where the people are clamoring for water and in the first one Moses is told to strike a rock and water will flow for him and he does in the second instance God tells Moses speak to the rock and the water will come and Moses gets angry because he had an anger management issue and he strikes the rock and he says how much longer do I have to put up with you people and you know I'm I'm going to do this for you so he did two things wrong got angry and was was not long-suffering but two, he claimed that he was doing it by striking the rock and he wasn't now water came from the rock but God said to him Adam or uh, Moses you've you've sinned and you don't get to see the promised land you think that's pretty darn harsh in, in a moment of, of anger to, to say you can't You know, after 40 years of leading these people, you can't see the Promised Land. Well, yeah, because as a leader, you're held to a higher account, and that's why, even in the Adam story, Adam sinned. Eve was deceived. Well, why is he? Why wasn't he deceived? Well, because he's a leader. He's held to a higher account. All of us that are in leadership are held to a higher account, and if you've been anointed by God, to be a prophet, priest, or king, those are the three anointed offices. And in this case, priest, um, man, you're held account. You're held to account on that word and you got to get it right and so you don't get to fudge your authority You don't get to say well, you know the cultures changed in 2,000 years and and or 5,000 years And what they said back then isn't really applicable and, and you do biblical gymnastics to make but the Bible fit into the culture instead of understanding that the Bible is counter culture and It's counter every culture that has ever lived because it calls us to something that we lost in Eden, right? It calls us to die to self. It calls us to be last. It calls us to serve. It calls us to to not judge and turn the other cheek and not take offense. It, it calls us to things that are, are impossible for men. Impossible for men, but everything's possible for God. And that's why when you become a new creation in Christ, you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit. You're able to pull off some of this stuff, but not on your own, not in your own righteousness, not in your own power, but only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Where's your authority? Is your authority? Um, you know, look, look at the celebrities. Is, is that where your authority comes from? I don't, I don't know, pick one that's out there. How about those social media influencer types? Is that where your authority comes from? Someone says something, you're like, "Oh yeah," some talking head somewhere. I don't care if you're listening to CNN, M- MSNBC, NPR, or you listen to Fox News. Is that where your authority's coming from? Now, here, here's what's fascinating. I Some of you know this. I, I started out my, my uh, professional career as a journalist. I had been a reporter and, and newspaper editor for, I, don't know, I spent seven and a half, eight years doing that. And the rule when I was in journalism school. And granted, I was not a great student, but rule out when I was in journalism school was this. You couldn't print something without having two sources. Right. Can I have two sources? Why? You had to have a cooperation. You couldn't just say some guy said something, so I'm going to print it like he had authority. You don't know if you're being lied to. You don't know if that if that's accurate. You got to You got to You got to check it out. And make sure it's accurate so you go to another source so if some g- guy tells me that the city council is going to uh, pass an ordinance to ban box buildings in town so there can't be a home depot or a walmart am i just going to believe that no i'm going to go to the source i'm going go to go the, to the city council and say is that what you guys are planning to do so i get two sources to verify right and this is why scripture says that that when someone says something there has to be a couple witnesses to to convict somebody you can't just have and this is why they were having such a hard time with Jesus Everyone was trying to bear false testimony against him and none of their none of their testimonies agreed And they couldn't convict him on that because that was a, that was a law of Judaism Well, it's kind of what should be today because you can't just say stuff Think about the the steel dossier and what they, they did with that and, and those of us that were in the Intel business went, well, I, to, I wouldn't trust a steel guy and now we're finding out year-and-a-half after the election that that was all um, nonsense why they didn't check their sources when I was in the Intel business uh, somebody would say something human source would say something well sometimes you got to throw a satellite over the top of whatever he said to make sure what he said was there was there right um, got to check your sources and and so uh, we get to a place in our authority where we will accept someone telling us something without checking the sources without seeing if it's true we're not being the variants And that's, well, one, it's scriptural, it's what we're called to. Two, you're going to look foolish in your life and make really costly mistakes that cost, you know, cost you emotionally, physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, uh, relationally, because you listen to the wrong source or you didn't check the source. So uh, where's your authority? yeah, mine mine is not where it used to be. I'll be honest when I was in politics. I listened to Limbaugh thought he was hilarious uh, When I was in politics you listen to the caucus that you're in you listen to uh, The arguments of all of the people that agree with you, you know, here's a fascinating thing they, they did a study on Twitter And they said that the only people watching your Twitter feed are people who agree with you You're not changing anybody's mind on Twitter. And I really think that's true on all social media. You're not changing anybody's mind on social media. The only people that are following you or listening to you are people that agree with you. Uh, and if people that don't agree with you are there, you're not changing their mind. Uh, I, I have I have a couple of people on my on my heavy deep and real uh, blog uh, site that follow me, and they're not with me on stuff, and that's okay. I, I like them, and we talk. It's great, but I'm not changing their mind, and they're not changing mine. And so, where's your authority? Well, mine's mine's scripture, and uh, it's the living word of God. It's infallible. It's inerrant. It, it it is what it is. Now, other people say, "Well, you know, I don't believe that everything there is God's word, or I don't believe that it, it it's what living word. I, whatever you, whatever you believe. Well, then you got to ask yourself, well, where does your authority come from? Right? Where, where are you? Where are you saying that you know this stuff? Who are your sources? Um, that's a hard question, right? But it has so much to do relationally with That first question. Where are you? Where, where are you in your head? Well, you're in your head because perhaps your sources have got you um, a little befuddled Scripture tells us that that Satan uh, blinds us to the truth Right, and I think we're willing participants. My goodness. I think it was uh, James James, I don't remember James John someone uh, was talking about that. We've not been overcome by any temptation That's not that was Paul Peter exactly no temptation. That's uncommon to man, but also that um, We We're responsible for our own sin I think it's James that says that you know, basically uh, Don't blame the devil for everything you're you're the one in the flesh You're the one that's fallen and you're the one making the decisions and so, most of the mistakes you make are yours. But where? Why do we make mistakes? Well, we listen to the wrong people. We listen to the wrong information. Uh, scripture talks about how a man thinks is how he is. How you think is how you are. And so, what do you fill in your head with? My wife would would be be like screaming at her at her uh, pad or phone right now, listening to that because she's like, "Well, you put so much crap in your head." Because uh, I I like uh, bad movies and all sorts of stuff, uh, especially B. B movies are they're, they're great, they're just time wasters. But what do I really put in my head? Look over my shoulders. Those are, uh, for the most part, except right over my head. Uh, those are religious books. All of them are either um, reference or something, and they're they're all they're all learning. I have another bookshelf upstairs that is, is that's the same. That's what I put in my head. Right, the stuff over my head, behind right right behind me, that's all Russian stuff for my old Russian studies. So just and and some of the spy stuff so FYI on that So then there's a third question. The third question is this What have you done? Okay, so we got the first one. Where are you? That's your relationship to God Who who told you who told you? Where's your information coming from who, who's your source? What's your authority, right? And then lastly your accountability? it's the effect of To whom you are accountable okay, so if if my if my source is let's say my source is I have a great pastor at a church and um, he, he's the source of, of what I'm doing here I'm not reading the Bible so much but I'm just listening to that person okay what's the effect of listening to that authority he better be right because I'm kind of leaning on every word he says right but what if he's not what if he has a, a, a bad teaching what what if uh, this uh, this actually happened in the church I'm in before I got there thank goodness or I wouldn't have been there uh, some guy got on the pulpit lay lay leader and started preaching out of the gospel of Thomas which is <laughs> nonsense it's 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 not a canonical book it's not the Bible and people were listening to that and if that's their authority they're going to um, have effects of that authority that make them do things what have you done based upon that learning I'm, I'm working with this weird it's a weird, a weird week on this one I've had like three or four people bring up the book of Enoch to me and I've had to help them understand the book of Enoch it's a great Jewish text it will help you understand Jewish culture and how Jewish uh, people look at things uh, at that time but it's not canonical it's not the Bible it's not inerrant. It's not infallible. It's not God's word. Oh, do you hear that in the background? One of my puppies is asleep. Hang on. Let me wake her. Wait. OK, she's awake again. Good. Can't have sleeping, uh, running, barking dogs while we're, while we're preaching. Um, so what have you done? Where's your authority? <laughs> Dog in the back funny. Uh, well, when my authority wasn't this, how did share My authority wasn't this, and that was the culture. Culture says drinking under drunkenness is all right. As a matter of fact, it's a lot of fun. Culture says premarital sex is the way to go. You can live with somebody before you get married. It's fine. Do what you want. Culture says, yeah, um, don't be fiscally responsible. <laughs> go out and just have a good time. Do what you do. Uh, culture says, Oh, I don't need the church. I don't need to go to church to be be, you know, spiritual. Another lie of Satan, right? You're blind. You're blinded. Blinded. Blinded by Satan. And you're so blinded that you don't know you're blinded. I mean, that that's how good he is. You don't even know you're blinded and you're blinded. So what's the effect of basically having the wrong authority? Who told you? What happens when you have the wrong authority? You will get the wrong information and you will have wrong decisions. And those decisions go back to who are you? So let's look at the Adam and Eve story again. Servant comes to Eve, starts a conversation and says, hey, you know, why um, you, you don't want you eat that tree basically? And she says, oh no, Lord God told us that that's the one place we can't go because we did, we surely die. And Sam said, like, oh, you're, you're not gonna die? What's gonna happen? Your eyes are gonna be open, you're gonna be like God. And she thought, hey, that's a pretty cool thing so her authority became the serpent because the effect of listening to that authority was she'd be like god and she thought that was something to attain now now this came to mind too the oh, holy spirit's working tonight remember when scripture says that jesus um, when jesus was here he emptied himself kenosis he emptied himself of all his divine powers and some and 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 being like god was something which for which he did not Seek to attain. See, sometimes they call Jesus the second Adam. Adam did all the sins; Jesus made it all right. Uh, there's a parallelism there, and and in Hebrew writing, parallelism is important. But here you have um, Eve listening to the serpent, so she can attain godship. And Jesus was the exact opposite. You know, he was the Messiah. He was God incarnate, but he was humble and meek, and his burden was light. Uh, his yoke was light. His burden was was not heavy, and and he was all these different things, and he didn't seek to attain. What Adam and Eve sought to attain, and that's how he overcame, that. You see how that twisted? Um, so in that in that story, Eve is first accountable to the authority of you're gonna be like God and she thought that was a good thing she thought on her own that's what I want she didn't think what what does God want for me she thought what do I want from me selfishness because all sin is selfishness right then Adam standing right there goes well I guess I guess what well, he's it's good enough for Eve his authority came from her and he didn't say well wait a minute are snakes supposed to talk you know I don't see any other animals talking um, he should have been suspect. He should have been like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." Oh, L- Lord, our God told us not to do this, and He's our authority, not the snake, and e- Eve certainly not you. But he listened too. So, who are you listening to in your life? That's that's. I mean, what kind of advice are you getting from which kind of people? Are you getting godly advice from people, or are you getting uh, advice from friends? There's a great story in scripture. God, Lord, he's just pounding me with with scriptures. Here's here's the exact the great example of it. So uh, Solomon dies, and he has a son Rehoboam, and Rehoboam is the person to whom Solomon wrote the Proverbs. It's you know son, listen to your father kind of stuff, and he gives him all these words of wisdom. So Rehoboam becomes king, and the elders, the the council of Solomon, came to Rehoboam and said, um, "We've been having these building projects. We did the temple." Uh, We're broke and you pretty much if you want to endear yourself to the people back off on the taxation and and all the things that your father was doing and they will be uh, Enamored with you and they will they will praise you and you will be king until you die. Basically. That was solid advice from the elders Well, Rehoboam doesn't listen to them. He goes to his friends uh, Which are all the same age and have about the exact same experience and they say Don't listen to those old guys do more Put put more strain on the people and so he goes back and says if you thought that that my father was bad Wait, till you see me because he's like pounding his chest like I'm gonna be even better my father and the kingdom split over it The kingdom split Rehoboam ends up over uh, two of the tribes and not for long and the ten other tribes uh, uh, Pick a new king and then you get the uh, era of kings where you have a king in Israel and you have a king in Judah and that's because Rehoboam. why his authority was not listening to the elders and the wise his authority was listening to his his buddies and um, he made a bad decision he made uh, uh, it split the kingdom he made a split the kingdom decision Uh, so uh, and and you know what well maybe you don't know maybe maybe you don't know what happens next is Israel the ten tribes of Israel end up in uh, uh, in exile Assyria and then Babylon and then um, the uh, the Judah folks uh, Judah tribes two tribes end up in exile well why well in Moses and Moses in Deuteronomy said this is gonna happen to you you're not gonna listen to God and you're gonna listen to other people you're not going to use God as in relationship and 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 who are you You're God's chosen people you're sanctified you're set apart you're not gonna believe that instead you're gonna you're gonna go to a different authority whether it's yourself or in some cases like um, in the northern kingdoms they would make packs with Egypt and the Assyrians and others that were uh, militarily advantageous when God told them no rely on me and they get sent off to Babylon and and Moses said that would happen to him way back in Deuteronomy so the story of Israel the story of, of the Jews just tracks with this right right here who are you instead of saying God's people you know they're they're oh you know think about Exodus and how much they whine oh you should have just left us in Egypt but at least we were there we could eat you just shake your head um, now hindsight's twenty twenty I get it so what is the effect of the authority to whom you listen what is the effect of the authority you know I think we've all had people give us bad advice and maybe maybe even we've given some bad advice right you know why we don't why because it's not based in this. I know I'm bringing my Bible up a lot. Oh, I'm getting you tonight. Um, if your advice is coming from a place that's not grounded in this, it really ain't worth squat. It just isn't. Because you know the Bible's full of every scenario you can possibly get yourself into. And so that becomes a place where we go for our advice, our counsel, that's where our authority is and that's our relationship to God um where are we well we're, we're following man we're doing the best we can now we do it imperfectly and we we blow it every day and uh, you know if you want to focus on that but that's why scripture says god's mercy is new every morning you dust yourself off and try again it's a beautiful thing uh so when we talk about these three things where are you where are you in your relation to god who told you where's your authority coming from and what have you done what have you done based upon that that authority. Now think about this. Jesus said, "You'll know my disciples by their fruit. A bad tree doesn't bear good fruit, and a good tree doesn't bear bad fruit, right? So that's where. What have you done? You can tell the the Christian, sold out Christian, by their walk, by their testimony, by how they live, because they're bearing good fruit. Now that's not saying they're perfect. They can have the same." Issues that everyone else has you know Christian marriages are no better in some ways than non-christian marriages The difference is we understand as Christians that we are in a covenant relationship between God our spouse and us and that we choose love Instead of selfishness which is walking away All Right we, we struggle as Christians. We struggle with exactly the same things everybody else on this planet Earth does the difference is how we handle it based upon our authority the difference is the the what have you done part well we do everything we can to abide by Scripture and when we don't we confess our sins and we are forgiven and we are well, you know seen as holy and righteous anyway because of, of Jesus because of his righteousness and we get to move on and do better right so um, one more part of this I want to I want to go into I'm reading my notes sorry about that in this in this counseling session they were saying that there are three there's three fold relationships right so we're told to love God love each other and those are two so we're to love God have a relationship with God we're supposed to have a relationship with others and we're supposed to have a relationship with ourselves and it's that self one that's the hardest because we have negative self talk and we're always being ourselves up and if you're in the faith and you're trying hard you get attacked and you have spiritual warfare and you fail and you're tempted and you fall And you just can't understand why God would ever love someone like you. And that's the trick of Satan. He's trying to get you to be pulled away from the truth because he wants to blind you to the truth, right? And this is why it's so important you understand your authority. What does it say? No one can snatch you from Jesus' hand. Not you or anybody else. It says that God will always love you. He knew your name before you were born. He made you on purpose. You have a purpose in life, life, right? Made good works for you to do. It says that you're not Satan's. You belong to him. You're sealed right here on the forehead with the whole the Holy Spirit seal You're indwelt. down payment on everything to come as as we're told and it's the self part of the relationship that creates this problem in the first three things I mentioned where are you who told you what have you done when I'm internal when I am in my head when when I am struggling with um, like the things I struggle with and Satan's trying to attack or is attacking and trying to blind me to God's truth about how God feels about me well then what do I believe well, I believe I feel about me the way I feel about me and it's different than the way God feels about me sometimes eh, most time and then what's my authority well my perception is my authority my my brain that doesn't work right is my authority and what kind of decisions am I gonna make out of that so for the unbeliever you know I, I actually have a lot of pity for them I have a lot of empathy because they're blinded and their authority I mean the where are you part in relation to God where are you well They're bought into the culture or whatever is around them or whatever. They've ingratiated themselves to Who told you well? Unbelieving parents growing up um, certainly not the church certainly not pastors uh, not even Christian friends Their are their authorities coming from People that agree with them, right? And what's the what's the accountability? Then? What's what's the uh, effect of the authority? What have you done? And you look at lives and you see you see what you see you see What the culture would call normal But we see as oh my gosh that, That's not that's not good for you And that's not what God has for you and that's not the best you can do And that's uh, I was preaching this the other night again. I was preaching the other night that um if we buy into the idea that God is good, okay, and this is where Satan tries to convince you God is bad, I know people that write me and say God, God's evil. Oh, don't say that. That's blasphemy. Oh my gosh, I get heebie-jeebies just just saying that word. Um, but they'll say that about about God. And what's their authority? Well, they prayed and God didn't answer, or they um, have had some bad experience with the church, or you know whatever, whatever the case might be. and you go okay what is the effect of that authority well you leave the church and again the culture embraces all of that but i tell folks that if god is good if you go the other route then he can do nothing but do what's in your best interest okay now people that are blinded they don't want the truth they want what's a, what agrees with them and and this is the, you know this is an important point we all like to be agreed with, and when Scripture disagrees with us, you know, this is the part you got to die to yourself and submit to it. Jesus must become more, I must become less. But for the non-believer, when the Bible disagrees with them, they think God's unreasonable and that they know better. And that's what Eve wanted. She wanted to be like God. Well, they've become their own gods because they know better than God, if they even believe in him. But if you believe God is good, then you understand that he has what we call a fiduciary responsibility. He's always gonna do what's in your best interest. And this is why the truth shall set you free. The truth isn't telling you what you wanna hear. The truth is telling you what you need to hear. The truth is saying, it's not a matter whether you agree or disagree, because there's nothing more unloving than telling a lie. And the most loving thing you can do to somebody is tell them the truth. You know, If I've got someone who's a heroin addict, I'm gonna say, you're a heroin addict, bud. We gotta do something about it. You're not going to get better until we do these X, Y, and Z things. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. People who want to be agreed with enable or want to be enabled. And that's the blinding by Satan. It's about them. They won't see it that way. They'll always tell you that that, that's how they are. But just look at it. Look at the fruit. And so this self relationship is really, really important because if your self is negative and, and all these different things, how you think is how you are and then you're going to look for authority from a different place than God Who told you? Well, I don't listen to God. Well, then you're gonna get what you get Right If you believe God is evil if you believe God is mean or bad or whatever because you've had a bad experience some long way You don't under you don't know the Jesus. I know and you need to kind of soften your heart to learn who he is And so you know. I want you to think about this. Who are you? Yeah. Who who are you in relation to God? You know, if God were walking through the cool of the day, Jesus walking through the cool of the day, he's looking for you and said, where are you? What would you do? Would you be too shamed to face him? Would you run to him? So excited you're like a puppy peeing on somebody's shoes. Who told you? Where's your authority coming from? What do you listen to? What kind of stuff do you put in your head that gives you the authority, the the information, the sources to believe what you believe? And I'll tell you, if it's outside the Bible, you're wrong. It's that simple. And I know, because I've lived that life. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. It's the Bible, that's it. And if it's other things, you're going down the wrong path. And lastly, what have you done? Is your life one of fruit? Are you bearing fruit for the Lord? Are people going to be in heaven because of you? Because you shared the gospel? Is your walk one that people go, that's one of those Christians? Or are you bearing bad fruit because you're listening to the wrong authority? You know, I I read on Facebook, I I, I have 1,100 people I have in here. (laughs) And, I read their comments and, you know, sometimes it's T, uh, TMI, too much information. But there are some miserable people out there that are making bad decisions and feel bad about themselves or talk about all the struggles they're having and all that. Well, who's your authority? It's not, it's not scripture. And they'll say, I mean, some of these people are Christians. They're like, oh, I'm trying. Well, let's take a real hard look at that. Are you really trying? Or do you love something more than you love Jesus? I mean these are hard questions now from a counseling perspective um, they're important questions because it will get to the point of understanding um, why you do what you do Yeah. You know, in terms of Christian counseling especially you know where are you at with God do we have an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do some healing uh, all the rest you know you know all the rest so just want to leave you with that thought tonight that in Genesis 3. There's this, this new teaching that I hadn't, I hadn't heard before. This is kind of a new idea uh, about where are you in relation to God? Who told you? Where's your authority coming from? What's your source? And what have you done? Where's the accountability? What is the source told you that gives you the accountability of whatever actions you're taking? And are they God? Where are you? Where are you with God? Or are they against God? Is it what God tells you? Or is it your own selfishness? That that I mean, I think it's pretty brilliant honestly And so I'll be adding that to my repertoire of Christian counseling uh, techniques and methods with everything else I use uh, So I hope tonight you've enjoyed a little bit of, of some questions to ask yourself Maybe uh, if you're if you're good ask other people right Ask ask other people uh, I remember it, It's hard. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I once was at dinner with my brother and brother-in-law and sister-in-law uh, my wife's brother and uh I asked him. <laughs> he went to the bathroom and I bushwhacked him. Shouldn't have done it, but I did. Uh, I said, hey, hi, is it good with your soul? Where are you spiritually? And he wasn't out prepared for that question because um, I think they were raised in the church, but not something that's been a big, big, important part of his life. Uh, and we had a good discussion about it, but sometimes you got to you gotta bring it up and it's okay. And these are kind of the questions that I didn't ask him in this way, but you, you kind of, you gravitate to where in your relationship with God what's that look like what's that relationship like um, if you're not listening to God what are you listening to and and what is what is your life look like based upon all this stuff right I would tell you that this if you believe when you leave your house the culture and that could be the workplace culture or the Walmart culture or you know wherever you go stores the culture would embrace you you're doing it wrong if you're like me, and you're a nice guy, but you get the side-eye glances by you know, what you say and what you wear and how you act and all that kind of stuff, and people think you're stupid because you waste money on helping people and all the rest of that stuff, and, and you just seem like this outlier, um, nice, everyone likes you, but you're weird, you're probably doing it right. Okay, I hope you're having a great Friday the 13th, and uh, I know that uh, I feel accomplished for getting on my property today and doing all the work I did, and Lisa will be home in, it is 7 o'clock, she should be home in about 4 hours, which will be good, and then I'll have a supervision again, and then I'll probably have to... uh, yeah, I probably have to preach about things a little bit more mundane. No, not me. I'm always going to preach about hard stuff. So uh, I love you guys. I will see you soon. But don't forget, you know, visit my website sometime, heavydeepandreal.com or tomman.org. org has all of my books and ebooks. They're free. The workbooks there for free. Everything's free. Free, free, free. Um, and there are no strings attached. Write me a note if you want it. Love, always love hearing from you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend.